a genre category. This genre of art, this genre of novel, this genre of game, this alliterative genre, this fantasy genre, this spooky genre, this popular genre, this six-letter genre, this genre <laughs> about a low-born camp I... of American local color ballet, the sword and sandal genre, <laughs> a genre, a TV genre, 1970s genre of film, the 60s musical genre, this very American genre of music, king of this musical genre, master of this literary genre, leader in this colorful music genre, giant of this literary genre, 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 genre. Okay. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, where we inform, encourage, and support Christian Indies on their journey to publication. And I wonder if anyone can guess what our topic today is. And I wonder that I realize. Yeah. Does anybody else now feel really paranoid about how they pronounce the word genre? Like I am so unsophisticated. I realize I'm like genre, genre. I think he's a little off. Like I don't. Think Jean. he's right, like, I'm not really mocking, I'm just feeling inferior, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he sounds so fancy when he says it, but yes, today we're all about genre matters. I'm Jamie Hirschberger, I write short fiction under the pen name J.R. Nichols. I'm Jennifer Carl Tong, and I write historical Christian romance. I'm Christina Katane, and I write multiple genres, including Christian dystopian fiction. I'm Rhonda Hagerman, and I write fiction and nonfiction. How appropriate and that we would all include our genre. Whatever. Please don't ever say that again. If you don't, if you live outside the United States, do you even know who this guy is? Like yeah. we know, like he was part of, like he's been on this show. It's um, Alex Trebek, and he's been on Jeopardy for forty some years, thirty mm. some years, like ridiculous Forever. long. Like when I was little, little, I used to watch him. So like, yeah, it's hilarious to us, but. Sorry. <laughs> Robin's like, make him stop saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so fun. Yeah. Well, we got the inspired to do this podcast topic, by the way, from some email that we got from one of our listeners. And I'm not going to, you know, say who, because I don't really want to like out her in case she's like, oh, you, you know. But anyway, she mm -hmm. sent us an email that said, I'm struggling with figuring out what genre I'm actually writing laughing emoji. I have to admit, I get a little twinge of envy when I hear you guys say I'm name and I write genre. I don't, I do know my name. <laughs> I'm just struggling with my genre. I am researching this, but I thought someone else might have the same issue. So today we wanted to talk matters of genre. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he's Canadian. Okay, so anyway, I'm distracted by the chat. I'll stop looking over there. Someone else follow the chat. Okay, so um, we're going to talk genre matters today. And to start us off, we are going to just kind of basically... Um, what about our WhatsApp? Excuse me? What about our WhatsApp? Oh, oh yes, and I have a good one. So what's up with you today, Jen? Um, oh, I had a good one. I can't remember. Go to someone oh, else. No. Okay, Rhonda, already. what's up, Rhonda? <laughs> oh, no. Should I just go? Oh, who knows? Oh, Jen. I remember on. now. I remember. Okay. Do you want me okay. to go? Yeah. Yes. 
So um, this is like not even an exciting what's up. Well, there's a couple of things. First of all, my kids were on intercession this week. Awesome week. I love having Yay. my kids home. We had so much fun this week. Um, but secondly, my husband's favorite comedian retweeted one of my tweets. And I cannot <gasps> wait for him to come home to tell me. Not a big deal to me, really, because I did tag the guy in it. But my husband loves, first of all, he loves Brian Regan. And he's recently discovered that Brian Regan's brother, Dennis, is also a comedian. And my husband can watch the same bit about 20 times in a row, and he will laugh so hard he's crying. So when one of the guy's bits is that he doesn't like it when they ask for your name uh, when you go to, like, a restaurant or, or for Starbucks is what he talks about. So every time we go to KFC, they ask us, you know, a name for the order. And my husband, every single time, responds with Glarpsintonford. Just like it's spelled, or spelled just like it sounds, which is this guy's comedian bit. And so it's hilarious. If you uh, look for dry bar comedy, clean all their stuff is clean, and look up Dennis Regan and watch the bit. It is very funny, and I just wanted him to know that he has affected my husband's life in a way that no other comedian has because my husband. <laughs> It has affected my husband's food ordering. So that's my what's up for the week. I love that. What's up with you, Rhonda? Uh, well, actually, when I was on the treadmill this morning, I got a very exciting email because I got my daughter's DNA results in this very morning. So she's and yours. She is mine. All of that pain and discomfort I went through for, well, actually, like 18 years. <laughs> I earned every bit of it. She that's is a long labor. I, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> so uh, now I have one more daughter that I need to convince to uh, send her in. So anyway, so I was it daughter number one home. or daughter number two? Daughter number in. two. Oh, so daughter number one hasn't done it yet. That's mm. right. We know daughter number one. <laughs> <laughs> so why do you want to have them do this out of curiosity? Because you know well, they're yours. So why would yeah. you? <laughs> well, really, because... Um, I want the DNA for genealogy. You know, the ethnicity and all that that people get it done for is not the main focus of it, really. And the DNA that you pass down to your kids, it's um, like shuffling a deck of cards. So even though those two are sisters, they look nothing alike. So I really want to see, like, what traits Gina has um, inherited that Nikki did and vice versa. But also, you connect with other people who have done their DNA um to strengthen your family tree and so each child will be connecting with certain different people in different amounts right. oh come on mom you know she's just your favorite and you want to clone her well <laughs> daughter number one is Amy, chiming in <laughs> daughter number one is chiming in and she says daughter number one didn't know this was happening oh so, she doesn't oh. like being called out on the podcast Rhonda. okay well i'll tell you that nikki did it over christmas and gina had such a cold i don't think she even knew what Aww. her own name was so she probably doesn't remember right. but oh, i do yeah. have a test here on my desk waiting for her <laughs> so today get ready to spit Gina, don't use any coffee the mugs while you're there. Don't leave yeah. any like <laughs> traces of your stuff. Don't use like a a tissue and throw it in a wastebasket. You need a lot more than that oh. for these stuff. Oh, you all I want feel like Tina. I feel like I need to go next. Yeah, I do. I think you do too, Tina. Are you done? Sorry, Rhonda. Yes, I'm done. Yes. Okay. Well, speaking of DNA, um, I was adopted, and so um, years ago, I was told that. Well, all my life I thought it was Italian, and then somebody said, no, your biological father was not Italian, he was Hispanic, but they didn't define what Hispanic meant. So, you know, that could, I could be Mexican, I could be, you know, 
Portuguese. You just don't know. So I did the Ancestry DNA because I wanted to find that out. Um, I didn't realize that they go on the maternal. Like when you do Ancestry DNA, it's your maternal DNA that they're doing. Um, mm -hmm. So it didn't help me at all. But Sunday, I, I opened up my Ancestry DNA just because I check it every now and then to see if I have any new matches. Um, most of my matches were like kind of distant, like 500 centigrams or less. And I got a message that I had a very close match and it was like 1,445 centigrams. For those of you that understand what that means, like Rhonda. <laughs> um, and when I looked at her family tree, her father's name was the same name as my biological father. Wow. So, I now have four sisters, a brother, an aunt, and several nieces and nephews that uh, on Saturday. And they're all friendly. Whoa, I so am unhappy. I'm so not following that. Not following <laughs> My what? week could not be any better than that. Finding out that you have like a whole extra family, that's no. amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, like my, I don't even know, like what else to say about that except like they sent they sent me pictures of my dad and he looks my son michael resembles him very closely i yes i was like sending pictures to my i have like a group chat with my kids and my my son michael actually did this emoji thing with like where he put like huge eyeballs yeah and he said oh my gosh that looks like me so yes. it, it was really uh it's really fun and um I'm I'm looking forward to finding out all this stuff about my dad's side of the family that I, you know when you're adopted you're curious. It's so about exciting, this stuff. yeah. I mean, yeah. and you you were kind of like in a state of disbelief till you actually talked to somebody, right? Yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah. And, and then uh, you found out I it was still true. really am. <laughs> wow. But you can't really argue with the DNA, and then to see the resemblance in the pictures. And they have this trait thing where you can compare traits, like whether you have a cleft chin or attached earlobes, um, personality traits and all this stuff. And you can compare it. And so the the DNA match, the, my sister Jerry and I had 76% of traits in common. Wow. So that was a little wow. fun to find out. So. Wow, so that's that's I'm so happy for you. Thanks. That's my what's up for this week. That's a pretty big deal. And that's it's literally life-changing news in a yeah. good way. So yep. what a next amazing week, blessing. Next week we're gonna talk about the autobiography that she's gonna start writing about this whole thing. Ooh. Awesome. <laughs> Surprise. Okay, so <laughs> I will tell my what's up. It's um really interesting because uh I don't know. Like, I feel like I don't give God enough credit because I sort of feel like saying, oh, well, God did something in my life makes me feel like I'm some kind of a special case. But I think that this kind of stuff happens all the time, but we just forget to acknowledge who's in charge. So anyway, I went to work on my computer yesterday and it just would not boot. And then I went into the BIOS and I found out that it didn't even recognize that I had a hard drive in my computer. So computer repair guy, here I come. Meanwhile, I have a podcast to do at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. What shall happen? And so I called my husband and we're like, you know, it kind of seems like sometimes life just piles on in a particular area. And we're like, really? Now I have to replace my computer. And it's just kind of like, OK, hit me again. 
you know, in this particular realm of my life. But I told my husband, I said, maybe, you know, one of the reasons why we struggle a little bit is because we just sort of like worry too much about this. Because one time we went on an, uh, on a trip and our car broke down during the trip. And the whole time we were just like, well, that's interesting. Let's see what happens. And I said, well, maybe we just need to kind of be like, that's interesting. Let's see what happens about all of life's troubles. And if we could just be like, something will work out everything will be fine. And so my husband's like, well, go out and see what's available at the stores. Maybe there's an open box, but he knows I'm picky. I'm not just going to buy like a decrepit, not going to do what I need it to do machine. The prices were not amenable, whatever. So I came home sad and mopey. I'm just going to have to use my kid's machine to podcast today and I'll replace my machine and get it fixed or whatever I'm going to do later. So I come home and no joke, my computer is like, I, I pushed the button and it turned on. No joke. It just turned really? on. It's running right now. I'm podcasting from it. Wow. And so I don't know what happened. I'm just going to say thank you, God, for making it work. I don't know if I'll have this machine for another day or another year. I don't even care. I'm just like, thank you, God, for this little miracle that is this machine running right now. And even my son, because, see, I end up taking my son with me to go do all this price shopping and everything. And my son said, wow, that was nice of God to make it turn back on. And so awesome. I told him, I said, maybe all of that was just so that I could spend a little bit of time with you because I hadn't spent a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with him lately. And our relationship has been a little bit like friction kind of. And um, we had a really nice time together. So I told him, maybe God just made my computer not work so that I would give you some extra attention. And so we got to praise God together in that moment. And I don't know if God did a miracle or if it was just a wiggly cord. And I don't even really care. I just want to say thank you, God, for all my blessings. Amen. You know what else I was thinking too, Tina? I'm sorry, Jamie, while you were saying that. I was looking at Tina when, you, when I said that. Like that story, like I have like all the goosebumps right now. I think the other thing is that when I look back at my life, there's been hardship and trouble, you know, my whole life, right? Everybody's whole life. But when you're younger, I feel like it's these little things that happen to you that feel like they're big things and that God uses those things to strengthen you and to prepare you for what's coming later. And your son being able to see this happen to you and to see that God fixed it is one of those little stepping stones that God, I think, is going to use for him to when he faces something hard or rough, he's going to be able to say, but back when my mom, had this problem, God fixed it. So I believe God's going to fix this for me. Does that make sense? Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. And and we did. We just believed it would either be that I got a new machine or that, like, I mean, we just kind of were like, okay, let's see what happens. It was really a great exercise in just stepping out in faith. I appreciate those encouraging words, Jen. Uh, Jamie, Barb B says that God is in the cords. Ah, <laughs> and um, Robin and Gina are both recommending that you back it up right now while you have it back up. Everybody back up idea. your machine today. Everybody, not just yep. me. Learn from my almost disaster. Mm -hmm. Although mm -hmm. I, uh, Tina's like, I hope you didn't lose any important files. Well, no, this machine, like really, I've been in a good habit of writing only either like in a cloud of some kind. So this machine is not going to have anything mm -hmm. super critical on it. Yay me. Um, although, yeah having like a hard backup, I guess would also be a good option, but I, I mostly work in a cloud. So thank you everybody for that reminder. We should all take it seriously. And now we can maybe move on to our topic du jour. What do you guys think? Sounds good.
Okay, so yeah. real quick, I think it's also kind of cool that we just had that episode on cleaning up your desktop, and and we talked about yes. organizing your stuff in the cloud and stuff, and then this happened. So yes, I agree, yeah. just in time, right? So um, right. short answers, please, ladies, since we've uh, tick-tocked away a lot of the time with our WhatsApps, um, we're going to talk about our own genres. Uh, Jennifer, why don't you go first? Because there was really no question what you wrote, right? Go for it. Right. I knew from the beginning I was going to do Christian historical romance, maybe do some contemporary romance as well, Christian contemporary romance, because that's what I read, packed and wanted to do. Like I never had any questions. So that's what I wanted and that's what I do. Okay, Tina. So speak to how your experience is different than Jen's. Um, well, I've, I've always been very eclectic, whether it's music or books or whatever it is in my life. And so I read in multiple genres. And my story idea actually came from a Bible study that I was teaching on the life of Moses. And so I sat down to write this story and um, didn't even think about what genre it might be until pretty much the story was almost done. Um, right. It changed a little bit, but the basic story was there from the beginning and I had no idea what genre it was. Um, and so there was some transition. There was a lot of thinking and a lot of playing around with different ideas to try to come up with what is my genre. Yes, I had a very similar experience. So I could just basically say, ditto Tina. But eventually it just became clear to me that everything I write is short. And so I'm like, I'm just going to go with that. Uh, finally, Rhonda, you're sort of a cross genre writer to the extreme because you write like fiction and nonfiction, right? Mm -hmm. yep. So it's easy enough to see your nonfiction stuff, the gene genealogy stuff. That's totally easy to be like nonfiction, whatever. Mm -hmm. But do you struggle to categorize your fiction? No, actually, um, when I first um, when I first decided I was going to go ahead and write a book, I had an idea for a story, but I really didn't think about genre. Um, but then my mom, who is a fantastic writer, I yes, wanted she is. to help me with it. So um, she is all about mysteries. And I started thinking, well, um, on television, I love mysteries. Books, I love mysteries. I love puzzles all that sort of thing. So it seems like the most natural thing for me to write. Um, I'm not a frou-frou romance kind of person, but I don't mind writing a little bit. Reading, I don't mind reading it. Um, but anyway, so the mystery genre just fell into my lap. Nice. Nice. Okay. So now what happens if you don't know what your genre is? Okay. Which is the question that our reader had. And I didn't know the genre of like a book that I wrote, whatever. So Jennifer, um, how do you want to do this? Do you, do we want to talk about your little tip and trick that you have? Yeah. So um, one of the things that I've learned over the time is some people like will write like certain authors and you know that, like, you know who you enjoy and either you subconsciously write similar to them or you are trying to write like them. And if that is the case with you, like, so say there's an author, you know, you write like, and so there's two authors that seem to always come up when people read my books that say, say that I write similar to, um, they say Karen Kingsbury or they say, um, Francine rivers, which is like huge compliments. Um, huge. But so what I do want to show is we're going to do a screen, another screen share. And you can see here, so we're on Amazon. And this is a, a trick that not everybody knows. So this is one of Karen Kingsbury's books. And this is what the normal page looks like. You know, you scroll around, you can see where you can buy if you want Kindle or if you want to be the hard copy. 
I'm using two screens here, so you have to bear with me because um, I've not done this in a while. Okay, but if you scroll down on Amazon and keep going down, keep going down, there'll be the product details. Once you publish, you learn this really fast because this is something you have to decide what your genre is. So we're assuming that this question is from somebody who has not published yet and you're still trying to figure it out. And if you look down there, you can see, if you can see my mouse moving around, that it'll show right here, Amazon bestsellers rank, and it will show what she is labeled under, clean romance books, clean and whole, whole romance books. So um, she she's probably listed under a bunch more than that. But if you don't know, but you know there are books you enjoy or books that you write like, go look at those authors and go on to um, Amazon and see what they're labeled as. And that might help you to figure out what your genre is to see how they or their publisher have themselves labeled themselves. Well, and I think also this is a really good tip if you need some inspiration for covers, because I see oh, yeah. that when you searched her, look at all of the different like you should maybe look into this books that you get and see how you can start to get a feel for what covers would look like in that particular genre. Exactly. So that's, that's a really that. good point. And then if you look at those books and you think that cover could fit my book, then you also know that you're on the right track of sniffing out your correct genre. Correct? Yeah, that's a really good point, Jamie, because we didn't talk about that when we were planning this episode. But that's one of the reasons why genre is important is so that you can nail your book cover. Make sure that right. it's going to fit. In, yep. That's because, a whole, we, we have a whole other podcast on that. But. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, and then what about playing the card where you just go a little generic about it and you just call your book like women's fiction? I mean, that's a strategy you could use too, right? I mean, I don't think anybody's going to press you on it. If you say, I write women's fiction, I don't think they're going to ask for explicit details. Prove to me that your book is actually women's fiction. Mm -hmm. Although we do that to ourselves, don't we? We try to like take mm -hmm. our book and say, well, it's kind of women's fiction, except it has a romance component. And we kind of get really overthinking it, don't we? Yeah. yeah, I did that when I was trying to figure out mine because mine has like a kind of an, a, a hero's journey adventure go thing going on. And then I also have um, like spiritual elements of the spiritual world where my character can see the spiritual world. So it's kind of fantasy like and it's in the Alaskan wilderness. So it's kind of Jack London-y. <laughs> um, and so I was it's just like a mixture of all of these things that it could fall into. But um, I it's Christian fiction like I could have just stuck with Christian fiction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but since my theme and my whole idea for my book was about a society that didn't work because they only had the Old Testament, I chose to call it Christian dystopian fiction, which isn't, I don't think is actually a genre under Amazon. So well, I have to be creative with that when I right. go to publish. But I would just like to point out that a traditional publishing house would probably have zero use for a book that doesn't fit neatly into a genre. And this is why we are blessed to be independent publishers, because we can decide that the market does indeed need our book and we can put it out there anyway. Even if Penguin or Random House thinks nobody's interested in a space opera romance mashup. Well, guess what? My readers are and I've got a series and I'm selling however many copies a week sort of a deal. Right. So even right. if you don't find that you fit into one of these neat and tidy boxes, don't fear. Just keep writing your work, keep your head down, and you can worry about the genre later when it's time to market. That's kind of how I feel about it. Um, but Jennifer, I just want you to be really clear. You can't call your book a romance if people don't get a happily ever after, correct? Like, are there yes. some rules where you cannot just claim a genre as your own? 
That is true. So that's another reason why you need to know genre. So, I mean, I guess we could do a whole episode where we talk about like the ins and outs of each genre, but that I think that's really specific. I think that if you have decided on your genre, you need to make sure that your writing fits that genre. There are rules for all of them. There's rules for space opera. There's rules for mystery. Um, yeah. So that for sure. Um, I have a question for Rhonda and Tina. Do you think that there's more pressure for people that are not are yet to be published to be able to choose a genre right now? Or do you, th- you feel like you um, ha- are more relaxed about it? Cause you're, you have to. Well, I felt pressure when I came time to, because I, took the cover design for authors course um, that Mark Dawson offers and they have the whole, the whole module in there on um, researching your genre and seeing and making sure that your cover looks like your genre because you don't, right. that's, this is where you don't want to stick out. If somebody's a mystery right reader and they want to look at your cover and they want, you want it to scream mystery to them and they want to recognize you- it as a mystery genre. So that, I felt pressure then because I had to decide, am I going to do a fantasy cover? Am I going to do a dystopian cover? Like, what kind of cover am I going to have? So does that mean and I Rhonda, can't have you... Fabio on mine? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you write. Please don't put Fabio on the cover. <laughs> Isn't he like an old man now? Probably. Uh, probably. So, um, Rhonda, but you already knew, right? What you Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that I really don't have a good answer for you because I already was pretty secure in what I, my genre. So, so I guess my point is, I think that this discussion really depends on where you are in your journey as well. Mm-hmm. If you were like writing your first book, then maybe not so much. Um, but I think that it's okay to just say, I write Christian fiction and be okay right. with that. So, and it also depends too, I mean, on what are your goals for your work? I mean, some people are like, I am writing this passion project. I don't care if I ever make a cent. If that's how you feel, then just write away, girlfriend. But if you are going to be serious about trying to market and capitalize on, you know, whatever money there is to be made in the publishing industry, you are going to have to adhere to some of the norms or your book just isn't going to sell. So it's up to you to decide how much you want to allow uh, the market to kind of determine the choices that you make there, right? Because you don't have, this is the flip side of my point earlier about independent publishing. You don't have all of the years of market research and whatever that a publishing house has to decide what the cover should look like or what the genre should be. So you have to be extra wise and diligent to make sure that you compete if you're going to be acting on your own behalf in this way, if you want to make money with your book, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Chat going on. Um, So Barb said, Barb B says regarding pressure, I think more pressure after pub because audience will have expectations for the next book. Ooh. Eclectic writer. That would make sense for me that there's, there's not that pressure, but if you're an eclectic writer and you write all different kinds of things, that's true. You don't want to disappoint your, your readership. Sage says, I think, Oh, just to that point real quick. My book three is like uh-huh. a romance. None of my other books in the series are, but oh, well, but anyway, don't be like me. Okay. So Sage says. But, no, but I think that the expectation from your readers is that you're eclectic. I guess if you're really yeah. clear with it and people know that they're going to get something, on, you know, not like formulaic, then they expect that, right? Correct. Sage says, I think knowing what genre you're in is not necessarily important while you're writing. Just write your the story you want to tell. Once it's written, you can figure out what your genre is. I agree with that. 
Um, but written something entirely and then you can't figure out what the genre is in order to be able to market it. Yes. And then you know having to go back and fill in the tropes because if thrillers have tropes, romances have tropes. Like if you, if you wrote this whole story and then decide you want it to be a romance, but it doesn't have those um, times where they come together almost and then are broken apart and happily ever after at the end, then you can't call it a romance. And there's the same thing with thriller. There has to be like the false clues and the, and the different things that happen in the story that readers are expecting. Yes. And then this is where you have to make those decisions as an artist as to whether you're just going to let the story stand as it is, or if you're going to make those tweaks that are going to make the book marketable. And you can feel free to break any rules you want, but then you really don't have the right to kind of cry in your soup if you're not selling books. So you just have to like sure. decide how flexible you're willing to be in this arena because you know some people like me will just go into the artist pit of despair and why doesn't anybody just appreciate my multi-blended genre book of mashup topics but frankly you know they have genre rules for a reason and that's because the big wigs know that they sell so if you want to sell books you've got to pay attention to these rules and that's just sadly the way that the cake is made you know, once you become uh, rich and famous, you could probably do whatever you want with genre. Or if you don't mind that you're not maybe going to sell like hotcakes right away, you don't have right. to pay too much attention to genre. That's kind of how I or feel Or you could just it. go backwards into a generic genre so you don't have to meet There those you girls. go. Right. There you go. Like, it, you know, it, women's fiction or literary fiction or Christian fiction. Oh, I'd be careful with the literary term. But anyway, that's that whole topic of what a genre is. Go, Jen. But again, I think that it's, this all comes back to what level you are at writing. I do, I do respect the, you know, write what, what you need, the story you need to write. Because we've said this more over and over again. If you believe God has given you this story, then just sit down and write it. Give it, mm -hmm. give God's story the time and respect that it deserves. And maybe if you cannot figure out what genre you write in, maybe it's just that you haven't found your voice yet. I think all four of us would agree that when we started this journey four, five, ten years ago, our voice is way different now than it was back then. And oh, yeah. I think that as you develop as a writer, as you develop with God as your co-writer, I think that you find that your voice is different. And maybe you don't know what genre you write because you haven't found your voice and you haven't found the complete story yet. So maybe you just need to take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath exhale and say, thank you, Jesus, and just sit down and write. And Amen. don't worry what your genre is. And um, if somebody asks you or you need to report it somewhere, what you write, just say, I write Christian fiction or Aww. I write Christian nonfiction. And then be happy with that. Don't look at other people like, like this email. And I love this person so much. This email said that she's jealous of us because we say, I'm Jennifer Carl Tong and I write blah, 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 blah. But you got to understand how many years have I been at this? Like it takes a long time before you actually get published. Whether or you, are you independently find your published. voice. Yeah. Right. And so I'm a little bit farther along in my journey. Ron is a little bit farther along in her journey. Jamie, Tina, all of us. That's why we're doing this podcast. Not because we're experts, but because we're a little bit ahead of you. And we want you to understand that like that there's all these things that we didn't have someone helping us with. And there were times that we stressed out about genre. Mm -hmm. And now on this side of it, don't stress about it. And it's funny because my, my husband's always... um my husband's a pastor, a preacher, in case anyone missed that. And so when he's preaching, he's always, he likes to talk about discipleship. 
And it's the same, very same concept. Okay, maybe you just got, um, you just found Jesus two weeks ago, but you can go and, and reach a hand out to somebody who hasn't found him yet because you're further ahead in the journey. So you don't have to wait until you're a seasoned Christian to disciple somebody. Um, and I sentiment. believe it's the same, the same concept as what you were just saying. Mm -hmm. Jennifer, can I have your permission to use your quote on a post-it note in my Instagram? Do you want to hear the quote? Give sure. God's story, give God's story the time and respect it deserves. That is a post-it note thought. And I'm putting that on my Instagram if you would allow me to. All right. I love that thought. Okay. Does anybody else have anything to say on the issue of genre? Let's let's look at the chat. There's some good things happening in there. Um, Sage says, yes, I mean, draft one, just write the story. Yep. We're on the same page, Sage. Mm -hmm. Then decide what it is or you want to be. Um, I also think that your first story I've heard when I first started writing, I heard over and over and over again that your first story goes in the garbage can. And I'm like, I am not spending that much time on 80,000 words and throw it away. Now I wish I'd listened because now my 80,000 word first draft is my book three and it's killing me, but it's true. You become a better writer. So even if that first book doesn't fit the genre, you think that it should, maybe it's just because you're just still learning the process, right? Mm -hmm. um, Bar B says without tropes, it's easy to meander as a reader. I don't have a lot of patience for rabbit trails, <laughs> although my life is full of them. <laughs> That's why you Hilarious. don't need another one, right? Right. I actually love rabbit trails because if you follow <laughs> them at the end, you're going to find a cute little bunny. Aww. Aww. Okay. That's just beef. Uh, our author, Barbara Hartzler, says, before I went indie, I was shopping for agents. Me too. One told me my college age story wasn't a genre. Now yeah. it's a new adult. I landed in YA and love it. That is a oh, great story. Yeah. I love that. So I went shopping too, Barbara, and uh, was told that um, that my idea had some merit, but then they wanted me to make all these changes. And I was like, nope. And look at my books now. So I... Like, yeah, there's a reason I went. There's a lot of reasons I went indie. So, but that's a yes. great story. Thanks for sharing that. All right. So, do we feel all caught up now? Do you think we can move on to the feeding of the backs? Because it's very fun today. I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, hate I, I hope that we. <laughs> I hope that we helped because this is one of those topics that was yeah. like, gosh, you know, it's a very large topic that you could probably talk about in several podcasts. But I guess ultimately, my take from it is take a breath, take a deep breath, and if you have something specific. Like if you want to talk to any of us specifically about your, what you're writing and would like some input, reach out to us. You can find us on Facebook on Christian Indie Writers um, on Facebook, or you can find us on Twitter. Then you can private message us on Chris, I think it's Chris Indie Writ. Um, but yes, we'd love to help you personally if this, if this podcast didn't help enough. All no, right. Done. So I always pick on you to go first, Jennifer. That's great. Um, I and hated you said, this. Yeah. So go for it. So tell us what we're supposed to write in only 15 minutes. Don't forget. What right. was our word sprint challenge today? So the ladies came up with this idea while I was busy doing all the tech behind the scenes. And I'm <laughs> listening. You just threw us under the bus. Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah. Whenever possible. <laughs> And I could hear that they were discussing this, but I couldn't like stop what I was doing. And I thought, well, I'll let it play out and then I'll be able to answer. But by the time it played out, they had already made up their mind. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so um, <laughs> the, the topic today is write the Snow White fairy tale from a different genre. Now, here's the problem with this for me 
Is you it write the John? Romance. Yes, I write romance. And so I couldn't write it as a romance. I don't write anything else. And I was like, you all can do something eclectic. I'm not eclectic. I, I'm like a one show pony. Like, I don't even know. So I'm like, it took me like probably five minutes. And I was just like, Sitting here, my kids came and talked to me. I'm just like, I'm gonna literally be the end of this without anything to say. Can but we I, can Rhonda's evil cackle that she just <laughs> elicited and play it at opportune moments throughout our I podcast? Yes, yeah, so well, we don't have to evil. Yeah, she does it enough, even <laughs> off camera, like when we're in office hours towards me. That well, I'm sure we'll find. Oh, you gotta see you, in the chat what Sage says. Sage says she's not a Christian nor even religious, but she enjoys the supportive and encouraging community feeling you ladies. That's the way to get people to pray for you, Sage. So look out. <laughs> we appreciate you, too, for Sage. It, Sage. <laughs> we do. Well, that is like you. a huge compliment. It is. Hey, we love you too. We love that all is, of our that listeners. Is, that feels good. Yeah, please keep coming. Yeah. I keep telling people we have a great podcast, even if you're not a writer. So I keep kind of promoting us in these groups. They'll be like, what's your favorite podcast? And I'm like, dude, this one, we have a lot of fun here. So thank you that I'm, I'm glad that you also enjoy it. Okay, so okay. Jen, you're going to read us your supposedly horrible Snow White story. Oh, I don't know if it's horrible, but I hated doing it. Just saying. <laughs> Jennifer, you should have done an autobiography. Yes, you do look like Snow White. I was, you know what I was going to do was a Bible study. I thought maybe it would be a Bible because I had written those before. And then I'm like, I just didn't have enough time to do like the pull up the scriptures. and. Oh, you weren't around. We're supposed to try to guess what genre you picked. So oh, go ahead oh, and read it and then tell. see if we can. Yeah. See if we can pick. Okay. We know it's not a that's Bible study now. Because yes. we had to figure out genre. Right. That's, that's really good. Yes. Yeah. I wasn't okay. Yeah. <clears throat> what do we do? We wait. Wait. But your majesty, the empire approaches. Snow ran her fingers across the worn metal of her sword handle as her gaze held steady across the valley. We do not move until the Lord tells us to move. Yes, your majesty. Snow felt more than saw Ronway sulk off behind her, felt his fear, his anxiety, or maybe it was her own fear and anxiety vibrating around her that was so real she knew if she turned, she could see it, touch it. Lord, creator of all things, I'm afraid, but I believe. Help me to trust when my belief begins to waver. She prayed quietly so as not to alert the men standing near of her, of her fear. She had to remain strong, at least on the outside, in order to give them strength as well. But she knew the truth. She was weak, but only in her weakness would God's strength show through. They are upon us, someone from behind yelled. It was true. Breaking across the far cliff, the outline of the warriors of the evil queen could be seen crusting the hill. Your majesty, Ronway's voice said near her. Never taking her eyes from the horizon, she nodded. In formation. The men quickly obeyed Ronway's command, and within moments, the entire rebel force was in line, ready to battle to the death with their princess at the front. We are ready, your majesty. Not yet. The men waited silently as their enemy approached rapidly. But the silence eventually gave way to muttering, then audible arguments. She will present us all as lambs before the slaughter, one soldier, one soldier yelled. The holy lamb will save us, Snow breathed under her breath. She inhaled to speak loudly, but was interrupted by Ronway. Then we will be slaughtered together, for God's name, with our queen, Ronway yelled. Yes! And, and the Sorry. host of men <laughs> hollered in unison, long live Queen Snow. Now, with a quiet, now. A quiet whispered, a quiet voice whispered in Snow's soul. Your enemy is delivered into your hands. Thank you, Snow whispered as her fingers tightened around the handle of her sword. Boo! 
Oh, that yes. was so good. That was. was. Yes. Oh, oh my so word. Good. You know what? Tina was I gave, literally I a ten, a ten biting her nail. Who was? Tina. She was literally biting her nail while you were reading. It was so oh, hilarious. I'm like, I know Jennifer can't see, so I have to remember to tell her. I loved <laughs> that. I love that. So Thank genre, you. I would say, is obviously Christian fiction, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and she's like doing a battle. So if you were going to give this a genre, would you say Christian, like I, I don't even know, like Renaissance? Medieval, or? That, like the medieval, medieval. like the mm -hmm. fantasy adventure mm -hmm. stories. Yep. So yeah. Christian, I don't know because I don't write it. So this, this is perfect <laughs> because I feel like I am in everyone else's shoes now. Like I wrote this. What genre is it? <laughs> Gina, yeah. finally a Snow White that isn't a helpless damsel. Yeah, Gina yeah. really likes kick butt women in her stories. That's for sure. Yeah, she's like gonna like nightmare. Oh, she's not gonna. Oh no, I guess you better go next, Tina. So Jennifer, really oh, amazing job. You said you had you. ten extra seconds. Yeah, I gotta admit, yeah. I got when the timer went off. I'm like, I gotta finish the sentence. So all right, well, you. even for twenty minutes, that was just amazing. So great job. I just, I mean, I love you built tension just perfectly. You showed her faith without being really preachy. I mean, it was just so good, so good. Yeah, yeah um, Christian fantasy. Sage says Barbara Hartzler says YA fantasy. Yeah, I think both. Yeah, YA Christian yeah. fantasy. So I think the, right. I think the lesson to be learned here is that it's really your choice, isn't it? Like really you decide what your genre is, don't you? And when you go forward, you mark it boldly. <laughs> Just don't big romance if there's no happily ever after. I'm sorry, I guess I'm a little bit sore about that one because I discovered that early in my career. I thought I had written a romance, but like they don't end up together after the first book, whatever. So yes, I keep hammering down that point because I want everyone to not make that mistake that I did. Okay, Jennifer, that was so amazing. I just Thank loved you. it. All I right, so and I want you to finish it. Yeah, that is finished. No, uh, that's yeah, it. I think like, it is. well, I mean, yeah. I know you want like a whole book like that. I see what you're. But you could right. sub, you could sub and publish that for sure. That's so good. Okay, Thanks. what do you got for us, Tina? Okay, I can. I didn't change the story as much as Jennifer did, like from the original. So the trees reached up with clawed arms, scratching at the wind. The moon stayed hidden behind the clouds, only peeking out for a few seconds at a time, which only deepened the shadows. A wolf howled from somewhere in the distance. Snow White pulled her hood tightly around, around her and hurried to catch up to the huntsman and the circle of anemic light his lantern provided. Where are we going? she asked. The hair on her neck prickled when he turned to look at her. The lamplight lit his face, revealing rounded eyes full of some emotion Snow White could not fathom. It cast shadows upward, making his mouth appear sinister and his nose a bulbous thing with no clear edges. He didn't answer, only turned to make his way forward again on a path that was growing ever narrower and ever darker. Something slithery crawled up Snow White's spine. Her heart began to race and her, hand her limbs felt strange. She, learned, she turned to look back at the castle which was usually visible from anywhere in the kingdom with its tall spires upon the highest hills. But there was nothing but dark boiling clouds and the shadows of trees closing in around her. The huntsman grabbed her by the arm, grunting as he yanked her along behind him. She tried to pull back, but his grip was too strong. Let me go, she squealed, digging her heels into the dirt and refusing to budge another inch. Looky here, little lassie. I don't think you understand that it's best you come where I'm taking you. No, she said with more courage than she felt. She pulled fruitlessly against his grip. Shh, the huntsman growled, 
looking around as if he expected to be set upon by any moment. Keep your voice down, for even the trees have ears in this dark forest, and their loyalty is to the witch who sees all in her enchanted mirror. Shivers coursed through Snow White's entire body now, and her limbs began to shake. She felt weak, and her knees buckled. Three, two, one. Done. Scary. Scary. Yes. yes. Very uh-huh. dark. Over. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know what genre, because I feel like it's still like fairy tale, like thriller, horror. Yeah, I, I okay. think that it's headed toward thriller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she's very tense, not knowing about this huntsman mm-hmm. and what his plan there for. Mm-hmm. And the trees, and it's, it's dark and shadowy. The clouds boiling. Like Tim Burton E. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that, yes. what that would be considered, but yeah. Well done, Tina. Well done, Thank Tina. You. And creepy, creepy as you want it. Just yeah. delicious. <laughs> really fun. Love G- creepy. Gina is very specific. She says, um, this is definitely fantasy thriller, I would say. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the. the yeah. That's what yeah. I was going Yeah, through. it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gina nailed it as well, as far as what was in my brain when I sat down to write. Oh, good. Then you nailed to. your genre of choice. Fantasy thriller. Yep. All right. Well, I'll go next because awesome. I either hit the target or t- completely whiffed. And so okay. you guys can tell me which. Okay. And then Rhonda can go after. So um, good job. Uh-oh. Nope. I guess maybe Rhonda better go because apparently I have closed out the document. Uh-oh. So um, I had better fish it up here real quick. Okay. Should I go or not? Yes, I think you should. Yes. All right. Here's my words I have not reread yet, so you get what you get. All right. Well, we can hardly hear you, Rhonda. Can you put your mic closer to you? Can you hear me now? Yes. Well, do you want me to just go because now mine's up and I just sure, feel yep. like I'd be talking too much in a row. Yes. So I Please appreciate do. that. Sorry, everybody. Okay. <clears throat> How is the apple? Bonita asked, stroking the cat in her lap and acting just as casual as a corner. Amazing, Snow said. She had made short work of the thing, eating around the center with a rapidity that shocked Benita. It should shock her, she knew. After all, how could good manners be expected from a girl living out here with the Aborigines? Appears to me you've been enjoying a lot of good food these days, Benita said, the way one might comment on the amount of rain the region had recently gotten. She was careful to keep her eyes on Figaro, who was slit-eyed and purring as she made a little mohawk for him out of the short hairs on the top of his head, and not to pointedly stare at Snow's recently let-out waistline. Snow surprised her then. She flung the core at Benita with all the pent-up rage of 15 years. You've never loved my father, she spat, the words accompanied by a spray of chewed apple particles. So it's happening, Benita thought. Snow was finally finding the courage to say what she really felt about her mother. A little behind schedule, sadly, Benita mused. You may have become a formidable opponent. Alas, too little, too late. Unfortunately, the fibrous nature of the apple Snow had bitten had done quick work in her bowels, and the force of throwing the apple at Benita caused a bit of air to escape from them. She blushed. (laughs) Benita chortled, not because she was base enough to laugh at fart jokes, but because she had finally exacted her own long-planned revenge. You fool, you have eaten from the poisoned apple of Penzance. In moments, you will be singing and dancing like a show tune reject, and you will be unable to stop yourself. Snow opened her mouth to say, shut up, you silly cow. But instead, she erupted in the song, 
hello, my honey. Hello, my baby. Hello, my ragtime girl. She clapped her hands to her mouth. That's right, my little minstrel, Benita said with obvious glee. You've got the looks. I've got the brains. Let's make lots of money. Oh, <laughs> I have no idea what genre that is. That's comedy. like a musical. Yeah, it's got to be comedy. I will feel really bad if it's not comedy because we laughed the whole way through. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, the comedy oh like, definitely built. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was yeah. supposed to be humor. Yes, humorous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so that was perfect oh because at the beginning, I'm like, I don't know this genre. And I and, the, and you had me totally focus. And then all of a sudden, you just boom with the comedy and the humor. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. As only Jamie can. If I appreciate that. If you're listening to this podcast or watching this podcast and you've never read any of Jamie's work, you need to go read it because this is exactly what you'll get is this kind of stuff. It's so great. It's so unexpected. Oh, you, you just appreciate that. About corny. Oh, yes. I love Aww. it. I miss corny. I do. Awesome. All right, so some of my favorite parts, the details, the mohawk, her making mm. a mohawk with the cat's hair, like just those kind of details that no one else thinks about, but it makes it feel so real. Like yeah. we all can see that in our head, the chewed apple particles, like just so yep. good. I, I appreciate no that. getting fat. I, as, you know, <laughs> yeah. I just love that. Love that. So I thought it was, I thought it was going to go women's fiction. Like I thought it was yeah. going to be one of these, like, you know, like, you know, we don't need to be perfect kind of, you know, but no mm-hmm. humor. Oh, I appreciate yeah. that. Gina and says she misses corny too. I need to get back out my third book and it's ridiculous, but why not? I mean, it's so ridiculous. I should just like proofread it for punctuation and throw it out there because it's so ridiculous. Anyway, so um, I always what- wanted life to be a musical. So that was my <sighs> favorite part of <laughs> <laughs> I really am affectionate toward the poisoned apple of Penzance. I just really like that. The was, idea that was that. awesome. When you said Penzance, I'm like, she knows what that means, right? And of course you did. All of a sudden the musical. <laughs> Starts out. And I'm like, <laughs> so great. I went to see that as a kid, so I was like, "Oh, goody!" <laughs> awesome. All right, what have you got for us, Rhonda? <clears throat> Snow White with a refreshed genre. What have you got for us? All right. Holding the shiny apple up to the light, he inspected the imperfect, immaculate peel. The color a flashy red, a color that was familiar to him. But why? He set that thought aside to reconsider later. Then slowly turned the apple in the light. Where did this come from? Apples are a delicacy in this kingdom. Who is this girl that it could afford an apple? Ooh, or who does this dame fly with that can lay that kind of dough out for a piece <laughs> of fancy fruit? He turned the apple once more until the bite mark showed. Hmm. The girl has a perfect bite. Apparently, no missing teeth, it looks like. Must have been brought up fancy. Who is she? He rubbed his thumb over the edge of the bite, smearing his thumb with something waxy and the color of blood. Lipstick. And the single long hair, the color of a raven, caught the stem was starting. Caught in the stem was starting to give him a picture of this mysterious victim. Prince, look over here. His new partner called to him from the edge of the clearing. <laughs> Tracks. Prince acknowledged. And until I say, is Detective Charming to you, kid? <laughs> Detective walked away, grumbling about these new kids on the horse. They got no respect for us old timers. All they care about is their fancy horses. A light bulb went off. The color of that apple. He's only seen that color one time in this kingdom, and it was on one particular carriage. The end. Oh, that's so good! (laughs) That's my favorite. Yours is a favorite of the day. Like the the noir detective. Detective. Oh my gosh. Prince, Mr. Charming, if you're nasty, right? (laughs) Right. Charming. Oh my gosh. 
That was so fun. Yeah, I love that. I love how you turned Prince Charming. Oh, my goodness. He was, like, looking for clues on the apple. (laughs) That was perfect. Okay, it's you know you that to write that so whole well, Rhonda. Yes, you do. Yes, yeah. you have to write this. Like just sit down and write like a quick, like even if it's short, uh-huh. I don't care. Like that is so uh-huh. so creative, so good. And like Oh, yeah. it could be a series. He could go and like investigate the porridge and the oh, yes. and- <laughs> yeah. or all the princes. Oh. It could be like a series of all the different princes, but they are all like in this detective agency together. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Like Charlie's Angels. Yeah. <laughs> but they're the princess. The prince. Yes. Charlie has to be a girl. <laughs> or an animal. It's Gina's comment about the Boston accent. Oh. Oh, let's see. She says, Oh, <laughs> I don't think medieval men had Boston accent. LOL. It was really good. Oh, you got it. It's a really, it was really good. Really from, good. Uh, oh, yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Yes, oh, I just love great. that, Rhonda. Oh, and I just wanted to just shout with delight when I saw what you had done with it. That's so clever. Wow. Wow. Thank just Thank really you. good. I love it. Okay. Well, and it's obvious. I think that you should go back to your Nora stuff because you you nail that voice. I just have to say. Mm-hmm. Not like the voice. Not like your the Boston accent. Right. You know what I mean. Okay. Right. So, yeah. yes. <laughs> all right. So, we really like to read your guys' sprints. And um, I hope you all can take some time out of your week to participate. You only have to set a timer for 15 minutes and take on the prompt. It might be a little tricky this week because, I mean, we could have heavily influenced you by now. Um, but give it a try. And then tag us because we do really like like to read them and share them. You can be like me and put it up on your website and then you get some free traffic over there just by uh, sharing because we will reshare. And so what else? That's it, right? So moving on to accountability corner, which I would like to go first because guess what, y'all? Guess who finished her editing and has Yay. two thumbs? This, this girl right here. So <laughs> Tina has her book back all the chapters. So I accomplished my goal, which was to make sure her edits were done by today. And yay for me, big bat pat on the back. And I had already given myself today off because I thought I had no computer. So I'm going to take that day off. <laughs> Good. And Good um, yeah, and I'm just going to continue playing around on my blog and stuff. But I'm either going to go back to edit I'm going to go back to edit like the corny, the begging for corny. How can you ignore a fan? So I might open up that book and, and, or I'm going to open up my um, uh, other book in the series and um, work on that as the edits until I wait. Cause I know I've got another editing project on my horizon coming someday. So Jen, why don't you do your accountability? Not that there's anything related <laughs> with uh, those yeah. two topics at all. All right. <laughs> So I was so excited to be able to come in here and say that I nailed my goal because my goal, if you remember last week, was to not show up to office hours and take the whole week off. Um, but I can't even say that I that I met that goal because I showed up to office hours on Wednesday for a little bit. And um, I worked on my novel, which I said I wasn't going to because I was just going to spend all the time with my girls. But last night, there, um, I was able to actually have some time alone for a while until my oldest came in and crawled into bed next to me and laid next to me while I worked, which was actually very sweet. And Aww. I just love when they do that. <laughs> um, so I actually got some stuff done on my, on my um, novel. I'm working on a brand new chapter that I'm a little nervous about. Cause I'm afraid it's just going to make so much more work. Like the things I have to do throughout the rest of the book because of this chapter, because unfortunately uh, the main character will is a police officer. So he has to do some police work, right? So anyway, maybe he could find an apple. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> with a bite of it. 
<laughs> okay. Well, listen, so, but yeah. I just have to say good for you because you were the one who told me that maybe I needed to approach my projects from a place of rest so that they would feel fresh to me and I would feel inspired to write on them. And I think that that's what's happening to you. You made a commitment to just get the rest that you knew you needed. And now you feel excited about opening up those files and it doesn't feel like a drudgery or a chore. And I think that's just what's happening is you're putting everything into its proper place. And so I admire that and I hope to emulate it. Thank you. Thank you. You and if you look far enough back in our conversations, you were the first one that told me I needed to rest because Aww. I just was go, 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 go. So I just really appreciate you too. So yeah. thank you. So for next week, I'm going to continue working on this book and hopefully make some um, major um, advancement. And I, I feel bad that I can't give you a specific um, accountability because I've been off of it for a week. So I really have to sit down and look and see what I've got to do and what I, what is doable. So. Can we have Tina go next? Because um, I have a question I want to throw up here and then we'll start with you, Tina. Tell me, <laughs> Tina, was Jamie too harsh? I'm afraid of an edit feedback. Wow. So this is a good one to talk. Whoops, I clicked something wrong. Sorry. I'm on my old laptop today and it's giving me a headache. Okay. Well, I think that it is all a matter of perspective. Mm -hmm. And it, that is a um, subjective question. It's like asking if the salsa is spicy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I, the whole time she had it, I was preparing myself that it was going to be absolutely brutal. That I was going to have to go in the other room and pull a cover over my head and <laughs> before I could work on the edits. But that was not, so I prepared myself for the worst case scenario and it turned out better than that. And so I'm happy. So I hope that answers your question. And so for my accountability, I'm going to work on the fixes that need to be done. Um, and so I still have some health issues going on. I got some testing I have to get done on Wednesday. And so my time, like whether I'm even going to be here Friday is a little bit up in the air next week. So I'm just going to show up when I, as many days as I possibly can and work. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we didn't edits. really. <clears throat> we don't want to share too much about your health issues, but if the Christian Indy family could pray for Tina, she is struggling with some health issues, different ones. It's not the sleeping stuff. It's like girly trouble or whatever. She doesn't really want to be too graphic. So just keep her in your thoughts and prayers, everybody. And um, Tina, I hope that's okay that I kind of spilled the yeah, beans on that's that. Okay. okay. All right. <clears throat> and so uh, what about you, uh, Rhonda? What's your accountability report? Well, my accountability is that I had a really great time in Florida. Yay! It was a lot harder to write on the beach than I thought it would be. Mm. Uh, but I did do, I did force myself to do a little bit of outlining on one scene per day when I was down there. That was like the one thing I had to accomplish when I was down there. And I did that. Um, but honestly, I didn't get a whole lot of work done. And then this last week, uh, the newsletter for the museum is due... Um, the middle of next week. So this week I've been, I've been writing. Um, I'm writing an article on the uh, 1918 flu pandemic um, and how it affected our local area. Um, so like I said, I have been writing and I've been trying to get that newsletter all formatted. Um, but um, did you say a flu pandemic? Yes. The 1918 Spanish flu pandemic. Really? That like <clears throat> affected Genesee County you're saying? Well, it affected the whole world. Well, um, yeah. Well, I don't know why I don't ever think about like the local impact of something like that. 
Yes. It you it think it's something that happened far away. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. It affected avoiding Esther. Remember? I don't want to give it away for Blue, that's yes. right. I don't want to give anything away. So if you haven't read the book, I've done a ton of research on it. Just for, that one <laughs> Just for that one chapter, I did a ton of research. So that's maybe wow. this newsletter should have a book recommendation. Maybe, corner. yes, because mm. I mean, it's a real life scenario where that takes place. That's right. Yep. That's actually a really good idea, Rhonda, because you know, my whole. It's not just mine. I'm not going to claim it as I'm the only one, but my philosophy of homeschooling is we study history and then we read fiction, mm -hmm. classical fiction that covers that period of history that we're studying. And yep. something about reading a fictional story about mm -hmm. what you're learning about in history makes it come alive. Yeah, I agree. Totally. And it helps with the learning process. Robin said Newfoundland lost more people to the flu, <clears throat> the Spanish flu, than the rest of the Canadian forces in World War II. One, really? Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. That yeah, really wiped out a bunch of people. people died. I guess yeah. that's why people get a little bit itchy around new flus. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. So, Rhonda, do you have um, a, a goal or something for next week? I don't think any of us have been really clear about what we're going to be accountable to do next week. Yeah. So, I don't know why I'm picking on you in particular. <laughs> well, I, I, I just. You have to pick yeah. on somebody, Jamie. Are you right, I mean, fulfilled in your life? The words right. are coming out of my mouth, whether I monitor them or not. So I just have to pick a direction and stick with it, I guess. I yeah. don't know. So, all right. Um, what else is there to say on the topic of genre? Um, are we all caught up with the chat? Anything else to cover, ladies? There's a lot in chat. And I apologize yeah. to our chatters. I really, really appreciate all the great things you guys are saying and sharing. Um, but I'm on my old laptop today. And this computer is giving me fit. So it's been really hard to share your things. But know that we are reading them. We go back and read them. And we just appreciate every single one of you. Thank you. And I usually yes. try to type in the chat. But for <laughs> some reason, my phone just froze. And it wouldn't like go like the chat wasn't showing up on um, in a timely manner. I just really so. appreciate that people are really absorbed in the chat and are mm -hmm. forming their own community. And I love that. And I almost to the degree where if you have to go back and watch our episode later, I love that you ladies are supporting one another. So keep up the good work. I love it. <clears throat> okay. Is that all? Sounds all like all it. right. So that concludes this episode of the Christian Indie Writers Podcast. Until next week. May your pen be prolific. May your deadlines be met. And may all of your words honor Christ. Bye for now. Bye-bye.